they're playing the patient game. You know, when they traded Matthew Stafford and they got a boatload of picks, that was them saying, listen, we are going to be patient here. We've been dysfunctional for 40 years. 45 years ain't going to make a difference. We're going to take five years to just go from the ground up, go from the roots, and build back something that could be known as a solid culture compared to a situation where careers go to die. Yeah, man. As we promised on the last show, we was going to focus on the NFL draft on Monday because we clearly couldn't do that on Friday because we got the bombs that we got with the A.J. Brown trade, with the Marquise Brown trade. And we had to talk about that extensively and our playoff work, NBA playoff work, that is. So we had to talk about that and focus on that because, man, I mean, indeed, that stole the headlines. But today, now that the draft is complete, it works actually better for us because now we get to see all the draft moves and process and decipher in our mind who is the biggest winner, loser, middle pack, and still of this year's NFL draft. And Zay, I'm looking at you, bro. I'm about to throw you up there to the panel. You know how the sound go. I know I botched the sound, bro. I don't got no type of tempo in, in my <laughs> you know, voice action, but it is what it is. I throw that rock over to you to start off with the biggest winner. All right. So for me, the biggest winner is my New York Jets uh, in this draft. Um, You know, I think I was really um, enthused with the picks they had going with Sauce Garner and Ahmad Garner, the cornerback that they desperately needed. They needed defensive players. Most importantly, they needed defensive back. They lost uh, Marcus May to the Saints, I believe, uh, during the offseason, I believe so. And then, um, you know, they, that was like their guy, their defensive back, the def, the defensive back on their team, and they get they was able to get Sauce Gardner at, at number four, uh, and I think that was that was a beautiful pick that they needed because I I personally wanted them to go O line early, but it was more of a once they got the defensive backs out out the way, I thought okay, it was this draft is gearing up pretty well. Then at number ten, we thought we assumed because uh, of reports that Debo was going to be traded to the Jets at number ten. Uh, but then they traded, they got um, drafted Garrett Wilson, another great pick, a guy who arguably people were stating as the best receiver in the draft, despite me saying I would rather see Drake London or Traylon Burks as the first two receivers off the board. You know, and I think that was that was what I was saying prior to the draft. But Garrett Wilson, after reviewing tape and seeing what this guy is doing, this brother is explosive. And I think it's going to mel- mold well with, uh, I mean, mesh well, excuse me, with uh, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore also a dra- guy they drafted last year who actually played lights out as the season went on for this uh, for the Jets. And then at, at 26, they got Jermaine Johnson. You know that was a big draft. They needed a, 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 a edge, and they got it. They got three first round picks. Their three first round picks were all in the top 10 draft board, and they was able to get it with all their first round picks. That was something that was beautiful to see as a fan, and happy to know that the Jets got um, their major uh, roles that they need to fill fulfilled literally during this, this, this draft. I think it's going to be good. All three players are going to have fifth year options. So now we get to really see them grow into the, the um, potential that, that we are hoping to see, you know, the AFC is tough. The Jets have a very tough schedule and it's only going to make, you know, diamonds at this point. Cause that, at the end of the day, pressure makes diamond. Um, I like the Brees Hall draft. I like Jeremy Ruckert. I think those two guys are going to do well. I think the Jets running back situation is not solidified yet. So I think Brees Hall has the opportunity to really go in there and work, when it, when it work on 
anything he could possibly bring to the Jets team. He could possibly even take that starting role if Michael Carter goes in there sleeping this offseason. So I think this is going to be an opportunity for um, this Jets draft. It's really good draft. I think they filled every role that they needed. They got Max Mitchell as a tight end as well. I mean, as a um, tackle as well. So they have a, they picked an offensive lineman. I think this Jets draft and in, in, in totality is exactly what the fans need to see. And I think it's going to be really well going into the season. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that New York had a good draft. Both the Giants and the Jets, they really showed out, and they took a lot of good talents. And some of these talents fell into their lap, where it's like, listen, you just take the best player on the board. That's all you got to do. It doesn't take Einstein. It doesn't take the smartest dude in America to take the best player available. And that's what I thought the Jets did and the Giants did. Well, when we get to my biggest winner of the NFL draft, I will look no further than Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. I think, me personally, the guys that I like to draft, right, is the guys that, that can help my team tonight. Guys mm-hmm. that I can literally call after they just got drafted and say, yo, suit up tonight, bro. We going out there on your first day. We going to war, okay? Hello, rookie. Welcome to the NFL. Those are the guys that I like. And they got those guys starting with Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. To me, that's literally probably the second or third biggest steal in an entire draft. You're talking about a guy that knows how to undercut receivers, know how to run sideline to sideline. It's very big, athletic. He's a guy that can start for the, for the Ravens. We all know they're missing that safety. Okay, I believe a couple years ago, they let go um, Earl Thomas, ET3, and they got a guy that can fill that void, a void that was still missing from this team. Now, you got that guy over here that can play from Notre Dame. Smart dude, too, as well. And obviously, you go to Notre Dame. You're a smart athlete if you could go to Notre Dame. He didn't have the best combine. That's probably why he fell. But mm-hmm. I always tell people not to judge the combine, okay, because that literally is nothing. You got to go on a football field at the end of the day regardless and play against other players. So I wouldn't use the combine to scare me. Clearly, a lot of teams did. The Ravens didn't, and it's going to be rewarded for them with his play. Another move that I like is center Tyler Lindenbaum. Okay, yes, I did believe I pronounced his name correctly. Shout out to Lil. Woohoo! Pat on the back. One of the best interior O-linemen in the class can help bolster that Ravens offensive line that obviously predicates itself on a running game, that predicates itself on their quarterback, literally running the whole show, being the entire offense that Lamar Jackson is, being that superstar, almost like Steph Curry, you know, of the NBA, of the NFL, because of what he can do, rushing the football. You need to protect Lamar Jackson. They did so with that center move. Um, edge rusher, David Ojabo. If it wasn't for a torn Achilles, the Ravens would not have got the opportunity to draft a cat. He mm-hmm. tore his Achilles, and that was one of the rare videos that I saw where I actually sent it to you, Zay, I believe I did, mm-hmm. where um, he tore his Achilles, and he got no help, bro. Guy was in agony. You know, you see a couple scouts just there reading the newspaper while this dude was out here, you know, hurt. Well, guess what? He's going to have a lot to prove coming back off of that torn Achilles. I like that move for David Ajabu. Another move that they got is Danielle Fay-Fillel. I know I'm botching his name. It is what it is. That's what happens when you have a hard name to pronounce. People going to botch it. Anyway, Danielle. I'm going to call him Danielle. He's the he's an offensive lineman, which is the heaviest player 
in the NFL right now, six foot eight, three hundred and eighty-four pounds. This is a guy that you can use his size in the interior to help your running game, to help Lamar Jackson. And um, one in the past, a guy can use his size. That's basically what it is. I mean, I'm not sure about his skill, but I'm sure about his size. The guy's a monster. They got Frankenstein on their team, Bigfoot, whatever. They got that guy on the line. So I think when you look at the Ravens, they got all the things they needed. You know, Claire. I'm not a big fan of the move that they made trading Marquise Brown. You know, um, that wasn't, you know, the draft moves. That was more so a side hustle that they did during the draft. So even though I wanted to count it against the Ravens, I'm not. I think from uh, getting guys and drafting guys that can be plug-in and play guys, I think they excelled in that department. Matter of fact, that's like the second year in a row that I picked the Ravens as my, my winner. Uh, they were at least like in my top three. Like they were literally my biggest winners last year. Um, they know how to draft. They are very good drafters. They know how to scout talent, find guys that fit their mold, that fit their culture. They're very great at that. I do think, however, to put the bow on the present, to put the icing on the cake, make no mistake, they need Debo Samuel. Okay, they need to fill that void at wide receiver, which um clearly they're going to have to do. And I think if you get a guy like Debo Samuel, that guy can fit in that system. You're not going to get free agents to go to Baltimore. It's not going to happen. They are not known to give wide receivers lucrative numbers and to get them the ball. That's why Marquise Brown left. You're not going to say or have a wide receiver say, I'm going to go to Baltimore. It's just not going to happen, even with Lamar Jackson over there. So you're going to have to trade for your guys or draft your guys. Let's see if they trade for Debo Samuel, who still wants to be traded, who still didn't get dealt. I think if you add him on that offense, because his ability to be a tailback, which could definitely help when an offense that's predicated on the run, being able to get him the ball space with Lamar Jackson, my God, I'll be up all night, and I'm pretty sure the rest of the AFC North will be too if they make that move and pull the trigger. So, um, yeah, the Ravens are my biggest winners. All right, I'm going to jump to my loser real quick because it's a quick, quick loss to that. You ain't know who it is, and I'm just going to just <laughs> beat the dead horse with it. Green Bay Packers. Like, they they, they just can't draft. They drafting is terrible. It doesn't make sense. You trade. You drafted Quay Walker at number one, your first round pick. Even the analysts were like, why would you draft Quay Walker? He wasn't even the best defender on Georgia. Like, why would you? What was the purpose of that? Like, it doesn't make sense what they're doing. They need a receiver. They went for a, a linebacker. You know, they didn't get a receiver until Christian Watson, which is a second round pick, which is not terrible. A second round receiver, that's fine. But you should have got a, a guy. You should have got a guy that um, Aaron Rodgers could work with because he's going to need a guy during this damn season. He has nobody. And I don't know if Christian Watson is going to be that guy for the Green Bay Packers. I don't think so. You could have a different opinion, and that's totally fine. I just don't think they have what it takes. Christian Watson to be that guy. I think there was other receivers on the board at that time at 34 that they could have selected. That could have been a better option for them. But, you know, it's the Green Bay Packers. They and hope they pay um, Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year to make him some moves. So I guess that's what he's going to do. Just make miracles happen every play at 40 years old. So let's see how that's going to work. I don't like the draft. I think the draft is very lackluster. And it was just sloppy on the front office. This front office is once again going to tarnish this Packers legacy. Is it? They're not going to win nothing. And then the Vikings, are, they're just way better than them. Their roster, the Vikings roster up and down is way better than the Packers right now. And I, that, if the Vikings somehow, some way, don't um, take this division from the Packers, they need to move to a different state. Go somewhere else. Because that's going to be disgusting if they don't do it. I'm going to respond to that Packers take right, after so these brief the messages. Pick up where Zay left off about the Green Bay Packers. 
and them being his biggest loser. The Packers are the team that I will put in the middle of just what I expect from, from them, whether it's one of the winners or one of the losers. And the reason why I can see them being either way, and that's a fascinating argument there, is because they did get wide receivers. They got two of them. And um, when you look at the guys that they got, they got Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State, a guy that's very athletic, good size, good length, could be used as a kick returner as well. We all know special teams is a glaring issue for the Green Bay Packers, their Achilles Hill. The reason why they got, one of the main reasons why they got sent home packing in that NMC divisional round. You got a guy, Christian Watson, that I do believe is a, a solid wide receiver that could have some upside there. When you look at the other wide receiver that they got, the other guy was from Nevada. His name is Romeo Dobbs. This man is a speedster. He could catch up the deep ball. You know, he seems like a valid, solid pick play right there. Um, when you look at Matt LaFleur's offense, one of the little nuances about his offense is guys with speed. He loves those type of dudes. And MVS was one of those dudes that left the team to go to Kansas City. His speed was used as a decoy so that safeties could play over the top. Now you got some guys that potentially could be plugged in there and filled those voids to a certain extent. Now, listen, you trading Devontae Adams, the only way you were going to be able to overcome that void by losing the best wide receiver in the National Football League was to either be aggressive and trade up, which is why they're in the middle on the losing side because you can deflect that argument to me and say, well, they should have been the aggressor. They should have moved up and got a Traylon Burks. They should have moved up and got a Drake London and one of those guys. And I can't deny that. But we know the Packers for who we know them to be, which is a team that operates like what they are, a low-market franchise. They don't operate like the Rams in a big market. They don't operate like the Buccaneers, who operates like they're in a big market. They don't operate like those aggressive teams that's trying to win football games. They're more so predicated on the future. Okay, let's draft for the future. Let's focus on the future. That's why Jordan Love is on this roster right now. Okay, and that's why we partially got into the same boat with Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers took that bag and hushed up. So um, I do think they got some value with those picks, but I do believe, and I won't be mad at people that said they should have been a little bit more aggressive, and I think their job is still not done. You still got free agency. I think Odell Beckham Jr. over there will make a whole lot of sense. You get Odell Beckham Jr. along with these two rookies, then maybe you're still good enough with Aaron Rodgers' talent to still come out of that conference. But overall, it's going to be a long shot for them to overcome the loss of Devontae Adams, to be honest, unless they get Debo Samuel. But, I yeah, think, that's my uh, – oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, my biggest loser, look no further – then the New England Patriots. Oh, man. God. They had a shit-ass draft, bro. Uh, this is the same team that drafted Nikhil Harry over Debo Samuel. The same team that drafted Nikhil Harry over DK Metcalf. I mean, listen. I see why Tom Brady left the bottom there, bro. I would, too. You know what I'm saying? The GOAT? Come on. I mean, I, listen. Did they even try? Like, I... Listen, I've been on the record, and I know a lot of people is going to give me that lecture of Bill Belichick. Oh, he's the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. 
I know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, Claire, I mean, God won more Super Bowls than anybody. I mean, that's obvious. Woo! Tell that to, to somebody else that don't watch the game, not myself. Um, look, Bill Belichick. I I tell people all the time, his ego is the biggest downfall of this Patriots team. Okay, he needs to get out of that 1999 playbook. Okay, like I said in the chat, the guy's trying to find the next Doug Williams when he should be trying to find the next Mahomes, okay, and the Herberts, and, 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 and Lamar's. He's out here trying to find the next Doug Williams, bro. I mean, if Doug Williams had a son, he'll be the first pick for the New England Patriots. Listen, they need to draft better, bro. The last two drafts was terrible, okay? The, the draftees did not make an impact on this team. I remember I seen that famous highlight of the dog sitting behind the, the desktop of Bill Belichick. Maybe it's the dog that's making these moves. All right? Maybe you need to let your dog stop drafting, guy, and draft yourself. Because this this looks like a draft that a dog will make. They don't know what he's doing. I mean, let's go to the to the picks here. You're talking about offensive lineman Cole Strange. Mm-hmm. Cole Strange. It's strange to be strange, huh? Cole Strange. <laughs> Man's footwork is suspect. Okay, man's footwork is suspect. You got wide receiver Taekwon Doe. I mean, Taekwon Thornton. I said Taekwon Doe. I mean, come on. What is these funny names, all right? Quarterback Marcus Jones. Bro, I'm trying so hard not to laugh. Yo, these Patriots, bro. I'm sorry, bro. I Pack these cats up, bro. Pack these cats up. When you look at this AFC East and you see the Dolphins who traded for Tyreek Hill and got Jaden Waddle. Okay, and got a good defense. When you see the Bills that bolstered their defense in the offseason, the Copper met that great offense. When you see all these, even the Jets, the Jets might be better than the Patriots this year, bro. Honestly, if Zach Wilson can show me something, Zach Wilson, show me a little something, bro. If they can show me, if he can show me a little something, I would not be surprised the Patriots coming last in this division. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel sorry for Mac Jones, okay, because when you're a guy like Mac Jones, yes, you can argue. He went to a good situation for the first couple years, but as he started to smell himself a little bit and, and want certain things and, and want big money and want big fancy cars and toys, Bill Belichick is not the guy that supplies him. That's just not how he operates. He'll rather give him Cole Strange. That's my biggest loser, ladies and gentlemen, the Patriots. Anyway, let's go to the, the biggest steal of the draft. Zay, I'll pass it to you. Your biggest steal of the draft. Um... And I think this is going to be a tough one to really kind of gauge and because they call it a steal of the draft. Um, I might have to go with – it's not really a steal because it's, it was early in the draft, but I was going to say Kayvon Thibodeau on the Giants. There's a guy who's supposed, who's rumored to be number one. Like, this, this is supposed to be the number one pick off the board. Like, and a lot of people had him or Aiden as number one. And, you know, the Jags went a whole different route. Um, I think the Giants getting Kayvon at five was like a blessing in disguise for them because they needed a guy on defense. They, they needed a, a stout player. And the Giants, I think, were, I guess, grateful for that pick because I, I don't know who were their mock to, dra- to get drafted. I, I forgot who was, who was their mock draft at number five, to be honest. I think it was Neil. And I think they, they went with Kayvon when he was available, and then they still was able to get Neil at number seven. I think the Giants had to arguably – the, the, the steals of the first round just because they were able to get the two guys that they wanted to get at number five together on the same team. So I think the – like, I, I don't have, like, one particular, like, um, player in percent and, like, in, in my mind that's, like, an automatic steal. 
but I think those two guys, like, those are big picks. Like, I know it's, it's tough to gauge a steal at the number five and number seven. It's, that's, 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 they have high expectations because they're number five and number seven, respectively. But if I had to go with a guy, in my opinion, that I feel like will have a great season, um, I may have to go with Kyle Hamilton. On on the Ravens, I think that I think that that pick, like you stated before, that was that was, that was a big winner for that that um Ravens uh, defense, and you know Ravens is known for defense. So I think him being input in one of the best defensive minds in all of football on the best defensive team in football, in my opinion, uh, from a discipline standpoint, uh, I think Kyle Hamilton may be that guy. I think it's between Kayvon Thibodeau and Kyle Hamilton because Kyle Hamilton's gonna be a huge impact for that Ravens defense. You're gonna see how fast they're gonna be flying this season, but then Kayvon Thibodeau gives the Giants a defensive player that they desperately needed and also a def- uh, essentially probably the best defender on their team, um, arguably, is Kayvon Thibodeau when you look about what he's able to do on defense and how he's able to impact um, the um, the offense on other te- opposing teams. You know, not yet because, you know, it's co- I'm talking about college, but in, um, in the NFL, I think it will be the same result. I mean, we got two Thibodeaux in New York, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Most defensive-minded. <laughs> Most defensive-minded. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get drafted to the Knicks, man. I oh, mean, man. I can't get enough of this. Look, my biggest steal of the draft, there's a couple ways I can go with this. You know, I could go Jermaine Johnson with the Jets. I Listen, he was on the board mm-hmm. for a long time. Long time. And the Jets was like, are we really going to be able to get this guy? Oh, yeah, they got him. You know, they was able to trade up and get him. I could easily go there. But who are we kidding? I'm an offensive guy. I love offense. I like defense too, but I mm-hmm. love offense. So I'm going to stay to my roots here and go offense. I'm going to go Jamison Williams, drafty out of Alabama wide receiver to the Detroit Lions. I'm okay. going to go him. Because a lot of people passed up on him because of that injury that he suffered in the national championship game. He's mm-hmm. clearly probably not going to be able to roll week one. But the Lions on one of the teams that afforded to be patient. You know, they, they know they're playing the patient game. You know, when they traded Matthew Stafford and they got a boatload of picks, that was them saying, listen, we are going to be patient here. We've been dysfunctional for 40 years. 45 years ain't going to make a difference. We're going to take five years to just go from the ground up, go from the roots and build back something that could be known as a solid culture compared to a situation where careers go to die. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Jameson Wilson... I don't think he liked that pick because you can see it in his facial expressions. The guy was like, get out. You know, like the movie Get Out. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I understand. I feel your pain. But the history. But honestly, I would tell my guy, Jameson Wilson, to, to have a clean contract heart. Yeah. That you will not despise my brother. Because when you go to the lines, I really think they, they are building something. You know, right now, if listen. I know what they're known for. Everybody knows what they're known for. All right, Calvin Johnson, career went there to die. Retired early. Barry Sanders went there to die. Retired early. Matthew Stafford leaves there one year, get a championship. I mean, come on. It's self-explanatory. But when you look at what they're doing and how they're drafting and some of the talent on this team, give them about five years, okay? They may be a team that possibly could be able to compete in this division. Okay, listen. The Packers... It's not as good as they were last year, yesterday. Okay, uh, the Vikings soon may lose Kirk. Who are they going to replace him with? All right, the Bears. We don't know what they're doing with Justin Fields. They are like three to five years away from actually competing in this division and possibly winning it. When you look at their wide receivers, 
Amon St. Brown that nobody talks about. He's known as the fantasy king. He was a fantasy king that I got off the daggone waiver wire. In like week 14, he won me my championship, bro. You know what I'm saying? The guy was putting up historical numbers. The guy was literally, in the back end, was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL from a productivity standpoint. Mm -hmm. You also got him. You got Hawkinson. You know, you got Williams now, a guy that can go by the defenders. Great route runner, speed. I mean, the college tape speaks for itself. The guy can get past anybody. With that speed, I think that was the biggest deal of this draft because even though he's not going to play in week one, he may play in week seven, week six, who knows. But when he does play, the Lions got themselves a weapon to go along with the other talented receiving groups that they got here, along with the other good solid picks like Aiden Hutchinson, the list goes on. My biggest deal of the draft was Jamison Williams going from Alabama to Detroit. Real quick, I think I have one real solidified option, I think, right here. I think this guy um, I was, I was kind of high about when I saw him get drafted and I saw his highlights. Um, Jordan Davis on the Eagles, um, 6'6", 341. The guy runs a 4'7", 340 pounds. That's ridiculous. The guy is speedy, to say the least, at 340 pounds. There's some quarterbacks who weigh 200 that can't run a damn fast. So it's amazing how fast he is at defensive line. I think he's, his tenacity is going to be crazy, especially coming from a Georgia um, – System where they pre def they um you know they praise defense and the Eagles is one they team took over the draft. <laughs> the Georgia that, that, took over the draft. That, that that right there between that and then the AJ Brown thing, the Eagles team is looking stout. So I think that Jordan Davis pick is going to be um pay dividends right away, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean you can also throw in this one team too, and I know it may sound a little bit odd because of who they traded, but the Titans is another team. That I like their at least their top moves, the top two moves that they made, or one of the moves that stand out, two of them. Um, getting a guy like Traylon Burks. You know, I know they traded AJ Brown, but as me and Zay are, we are big Traylon Burks fans here on the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I think Traylon Burks could arguably be the number one wide receiver at this class. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I go back and forth between him and Williams. I think Williams have more, little, slightly more upside. But I think Traylon Brooks is right under there. Like, he, this guy can do it all. He can block. He can catch. Slot, intermediate, downfield. He can do it all. I think when you look at an offense that's really not even pass heavy to begin with, they run the football to begin with, with mm -hmm. Derrick Henry and that monster to begin with, with Ante Foreman to begin with. I mean, you look at the wide receiving core, Traylon Brooks could instantly take on some of that production that A.J. Brown is leaving by going to the Eagles and also drafting and Malik Willis. I mean, look, Malik Willis to me has the biggest upside out of any quarterback in this class other than Desmond Ryder from Cincinnati. I actually like that cat. I watched his highlights a little bit too late before I did my um, quarterback talk before the draft. I watched it a little bit too late. I was a little bit too late because I would have definitely gave him some light of day. That's another guy, Desmond Ryder. And Malik Willis, no shots at Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett will have his opportunities to compete day one and be the starter. But I think getting a guy like Malik Willis, we all know Taylor Hill cannot win this team a Super Bowl. It was evident. Guy threw three interceptions in the playoff game. He is not a truck. He is a – well, he is a truck. Well, actually, he's not. He's a trailer. They, they, they pick him up, okay? Um, <laughs> honestly, Malik Willis could be that guy that can sit behind Taylor Hill for a year and compete for his job instantly after that. So I look at the Titans. Another move, too. And we talked about this move more so on Friday. 
I could look at Marquise Brown to the Cardinals. I'll say that's my biggest steal and A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Those are two big steals right there for the beneficiaries, not the other end. The guys that got these guys' services like the Eagles and the Cardinals, guys that can be plug in, clearly plug in players, clearly. I mean, you're going to have A.J. Brown on the bench? <laughs> you dumbass? No. They're going to be guys that's going to be able to make a big, profound impact on their respective new destinations. One more team here, because I did talk about Desmond Ryder. The Falcons got Desmond Ryder. You know, <laughs> Marcus Mariota, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not, not the guy. He's, he's definitely not the guy. Not okay, like, look, getting a guy like Desmond Ryder over there to compete with him, he will have a chance to be day one starter. You know, he has a chance. Drake London, mm-hmm. one of my favorite receivers in the class. You yep. got that dude over there, physical wide receiver. You're downhill take that bomb type of wide receiver that can make contested catches downfield. You got that guy alongside Kyle Pitts. So when you're thinking about how this offense will look, just visualizing it before we even see it, you Mm -hmm. got two big play physical threats in Kyle Pitts that you got to be physical with in the inside and a wide receiver in Drake London who you will have to be physical with on the outside. Two physical specimens on the inside and outside that makes for a big explosion once Calvin Ridley get off his suspension of a year. You fast forward two years, Calvin Ridley, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, holy. The Can You Dig It Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Do you have dig?